Welcome to Who Knew. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who, and here we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights onto the modern regeneration of the show. Today's episode is episode 10 of season 2, Love and Monsters. Word of advice, if you are a fan of the Doctor and want to meet him, be careful what you wish for. This episode was written by Russell T. Davis, directed by Dan Zeff. It originally aired on the 17th of June, 2006, and the overnight ratings were 6.22 million viewers. Hi, I'm Eugene, and let's introduce ourselves. Hi, this is Arlene. Hi, this is Josh. Hello, this is Auburn. Hi, this is Kelsey. Yowza, yowza. Oh, no more yowzas. <laughs> Figured it was a strange episode. This is Frank. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Brian. Today's forecast calls for blue skies. A young man is frantically running when he comes upon a blue police box near an abandoned warehouse. He hears a woman screaming for the doctor and runs to find her. As he searches the warehouse, he slowly opens a door to find a hideous alien roaring at him. Cut to him telling his story to us through the camera. It was such a different opening. It just throws you in right at the beginning going, what are they doing? And yet he's running, and you're always running on Doctor Who. And that shot where he's running, you see the the newspaper rolled by like a tumbleweed. That's pretty cool. They did that's actual. It's not computer or anything. They got that newspaper. Yeah, they actually to work, got a newspaper to to cooperate. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of the opposite of what they usually do. Usually that they just fall into something. Mm-hmm. You know, this time we're falling into it when they're already doing the action mm-hmm. off off screen. I thought it was a really good cold open. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, obviously the comedy is a bit forced, but it really, you know, gets you going. I thought uh, the actor playing the main character in the episode does a really good job of drawing you in. Yeah, Mark Warren is the guy that played uh, Elton. Who oh, you can also see in Band of Brothers. Yes, you can. He's in Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. He's Private Blythe. He's the one that gets shell shock and goes blind. Wow, he's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Great. <laughs> No, he does a very good do- job acting oh, in yeah, this episode, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he does. That's why when um, I saw the opening credits, I saw, wow, this is a good episode. Why don't I remember it? Mm-hmm. And then I finished watching the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say that Alien is a really interesting, cool-looking alien. The first one. The first one behind the oh, door. Oh, yeah. Have we seen it before, though? Or is it just uh, for this show? No, so. this it's one introduced this. it. We, we will see it brief there's never a story focusing on it oh. um it's brought up in in the spin-off series and then we'll see it i think they had the costume in a closet somewhere so we'll see it in the matt smith episode in the oh. background oh okay but i think it's a really well-designed alien mm-hmm. yeah he runs a little funny until he's trying to <laughs> not trip over his claws or something <laughs> Well, it's not uh, Slovene funny. No, so. no, no. <laughs> Nothing's that funny. <laughs> and kids, this was before vlogging was a thing. Well, it's so just starting. This was foreshadowing. Yeah, it reminds me of Dr. Horrible's sing-along yeah, sing-along. blog. Right, yeah. Because right. it's a blonde, good-looking guy talking to a camera. <laughs> Elton Pope is documenting his experience with alien life forms on Earth because he wants to know more about the doctor. He continues telling us his story. Behind the hideous, roaring alien, the doctor shows up and tells Elton to run. But instead of running, he stays to see Rose throw the contents of a blue bucket onto the alien hoiks. Elton watches as the three run around like Scooby-Doo until the doctor turns to him and asks if he knows him. Elton then runs out of the warehouse. 
But yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, it, it pops you into the world and, you know, the, the chaos of the Doctor and Rose and running away from something and it's confusing and exciting. And then it's it's funny. Right away it tells you that what this episode's going to be like with the, the, the cartoonish running back and forth. So mm-hmm. it's like you already know what you're in for. So this is the cartooniness. <laughs> I, I wasn't a fan. I, I didn't think they earned it yet. Earned it? Who? What do you mean? Yes. It's silly. It was. It broke. That to me, that was breaking the fourth wall because uh, they obviously could not have been running that way in reality. Yeah. They didn't earn that moment well, this yet. Whole, I mean, I I I, uh, I like this episode. I'll say it early on. Uh, I don't think it's you know, a I don't think of it when I think of the show. But as I was watching it, I'm like, this is a spoof. This is a spoof of of Doctor Who. Uh, even you know, with the comedy and the, the drama, it goes very high, very low, very quickly. It's an episode for kids. I didn't like it the first time I watched it, and it's one that I never went back to watch until we're doing the podcast. And then I like it more than I did before. Yeah. And to me, it's Alton describing this, so he's yeah. yes. putting it. It His is all Alton describing. Is the Scooby Doo version? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not what really happened with the Doctor and Rose. Yes, I'll give you that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. When Eugene reminded me the other day, uh, which episode we we're watching, I was like, oh. And then as I was watching it, I'm like, this is really clever. Like it's written very clever and it's funny, and you know the way they do everything. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with Frank that it is more of Alt- Elton's uh, memory. And I think also with like the buckets, I, I thought of Eugene when we watched that uh, earlier. Because, the blue uh, bucket? The blue bucket, <laughs> yeah. not the blue bucket. Um, but also that's a very simplified like thing, uh, you know, like the blue bucket or the red bucket, where, you know, I think the Doctor and Rose, like in reality, it would have been a much more complex like oh not the the hydrazine or whatever it is you know <laughs> right. but in elton's memory it's like the very simplified oh the blue bucket or the red bucket yeah <laughs> the doctor would never say not blue yeah <laughs> say something else but his interpretation mm-hmm. elton's earliest memory of the doctor was when he was 4 but doesn't remember why the doctor was in his childhood home his current interest started 2 years ago when the autons shop window dummies came to life rose then there was the alien spaceship that crashed into Big Ben. Aliens of London. Lastly, on Christmas, a huge spaceship hovered over London. Christmas invasion. He found a website that had a picture of the doctor from that Christmas, and he hasn't aged since Elton was a child. That's when Elton met Ursula Blake and others who wanted to know more about aliens and spaceships. This little group named Linda, London Investigation mm. Detective Agency. <laughs> would meet and tell stories of the Doctor. Besides Elton and Ursula, there were Bridget, Bliss, and Mr. Skinner. After a while, they didn't just talk about the Doctor, but also about their personal lives. They became a support group of friends. That is, until Victor Kennedy arrived and everything changed. Did you notice, I think on the picture on, on the, her blog, um, there was Eccleston behind? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if I know if that was right or not. I mean, it's somebody. Well, it's supposed to be, right. you know. I wonder where she got that from. <laughs> well, he's been around. I like how the you do see previous episodes mentioned, referenced. Yeah. You know, somebody else was affected by the events in the episode. Mm-hmm. So I always like it when any series does that. Yeah. That's, you that's, know, jump back and 
this was what this person was doing during that episode. Yeah. I mean, we haven't mentioned this yet, but this is one of their cheaper episodes. Dr. So, Light. Yeah, Dr. Light, because the Doctor and Rose aren't in this episode mm-hmm. for more than 10 minutes, I think. And actually, I've done a little bit more research on the Dr. Light episodes. And yeah, I think it cost does come into play. But I read that it was more along the lines of by doing a Dr. Light episode, they could do... 14 episodes in the time span of 13. Mm. So they kind of get a bonus episode mm. and that's how we're able to get the Christmas specials. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily cheaper, but it's while Rose and the doctor are off filming another episode, they have a production unit filming this episode at the same time. Mm. Just moving around money. Yeah. Uh, and, and But just, you know, it's like say in one week we have two episodes in the can instead of one. What was the, uh, the prior Do- Dr. Light episode? This is the first really official Dr. Light episode, but in the first season it was Boomtown. Um, Boomtown. Boomtown would be their cheaper episode. Which it's, one was that? That was the Slovene. The dinner. They had uh, the dinner. Margaret came back. Oh. But he's in that. He's in, right. It's not Dr. Light, but it's, it's it, their budget cheap, light. Right. It, yeah. And that's why there's not very many effects in that. And it is, you know, a lot of it is just sitting around talking. It's like character right. stuff. But back to Elton uh, reliving or living in those events of those three previous episodes, that's another way to save money because you're kind of, you reuse the shot of Big Ben getting crashed and stuff like that. Yeah, so, which is a, so that's another way you know, to I, save money. It cost a lot of money the first time. Let's show it again. Right. <laughs> well, even the shots of the mannequins coming to life, that's a lot of people. Yeah, shoot. but those were all reshoots. I think that the spaceship is the only one that's reused. Yeah. Really? Because yeah. it's all from his point of view and had him in it. Yeah, I know. But I, I, was, I don't know if he was... Because I, I was look looking up. at them going, I mean, maybe... They used angles that weren't in the original episode, but there isn't any reused footage from the oh, from yeah. from Rose in that. But again, I do love, they broke the window again. Again, yeah. Again, you see, it's like they have you could never break glass in the original Doctor Who, so we're going to break glass now anytime <laughs> we can because we can afford it. <laughs> this uh, goes back to Rose, where um, Clyde Clive uh, recognized the Doctor because it's the same actor playing him. And so he has now this one, Tenant, where he recognized the same actor. And I wish they would have gone more with the alternate doctors, Mm -hmm. which Bridget does going, the only thing that connects all these different doctors is the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. And she brings that information into the group, saying that there are other doctors out there. I wish they would have shown it, but that's what gets Alton is Mm -hmm. that this is the doctor he knows. Mm -hmm. What I do like about that, though, is the, the cold open and then that little flashback there, it infers other adventures are happening yeah. with him and Rose or whoever and stuff. Yes. So, because that's always been the thing that sort of bothered me when you binge watch it, especially. It's just like, well, he's nine hundred years old or whatever. But like, what was this few seasons? A year or two, you know. So it kind of infers that all this stuff is going on off screen, um, adventure wise. And they make a lot of reference to that. I'd like mm. that about Doctor Who. They're always referencing that other things are going on. Right. You know, oh, we were in Kyoto. Oh, we went to this planet called Woman Wept. Oh, we went to this planet that was all ice. Mm-hmm. They're always mentioning, like, you, there's a lot more going on than what you just see on the screen. Mm-hmm. And, and I like ta- that. They're usually talking to Mickey when that happens. That's and true. They don't have <laughs> Mickey now. So we have Elton to do that. I, I like how the, uh, the group, Linda... Um, it's kind of like a, a, a little microcosm of Doctor Who or science fiction fandom. Everybody takes their own little point of view. Mm-hmm. And I, I love, uh, I love um, Bridget. And she's like, you know, this is, you know, he's, he's 
You mean the art sculpture? Yeah, thing? the art. No, no, that's, that's bliss. bliss. That's bliss. Oh, bless bliss. Um, <laughs> you know, well, she's funny because she's just kind of like the out there kind of like, okay, that's nice for you. But I like the one where it's like, you know, the doctor is an archetype. Mm-hmm. He's not real. He's an archetype. He symbolizes this and he symbolizes mm-hmm. that. Is that Mr. Skinner? I think that's Mr. Skinner. Mr. I think Skinner. I got the wrong. And then he had like a gesture in the yeah. painting. Yes. And I'm like, yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and, it, and watching it again this time, because I hadn't watched this episode since it originally aired mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. But when they got to that point, I was thinking of you and your the your schoolboy classic story. Archetype. Yeah. Structure. You know, it was like going back to the, you know, the hero's mm-hmm. quest thing. And I'm like, oh, they're pulling that out. Eugene will be so happy. He should just have a little blue pointer. <laughs> I also, um, watching this uh, again since our group has formed, it reminded me of us. Yes. Right. Like they're all getting together because of, doc- of the doctor. Mm-hmm. We all got together because of the doctor. Not all of us knew each other before making this podcast. But since coming together and doing the podcast, we've since done other things together outside of this podcast. And so I couldn't help but think of our podcast and our group watching this. And I was just like, oh, that's us. I hope we have a better ending. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we're never going to bring anyone else in here. Sorry. So we're Linda. Let me turn on yellow. (laughs) I like when um, uh, uh, they're going over all the things about the doctors from the past and evidence of him. And there was the, the hieroglyph. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker for the TARDIS. And the like oh, TARDIS yeah. was in the higher glass. That reminded me of uh, Raiders with C-3PO and yeah, right Richard E2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, I love little clever things like that. And it's like, don't explain it. You know, just like we don't know that story, but he's suddenly on a hieroglyphic in a pyramid. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I like all that. Again, it's inferring to stuff that may happen off screen. I think it's it's stuff like that, and also. The, the stuff with Elton and the self-referential um, about the show itself that makes this almost a better second viewing. Like, because I know um, I enjoyed the second viewing of this and I don't think I've watched it very often. I will agree with you on that. Yeah. I did not think that would happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. But um, just even at the beginning with Elton's narration about uh, the first scene not having happened yet because he just thought that was better for the story to put it first. It's like wink, wink at the audience. Yeah. Yeah. And and stuff like that with the archetypes and it continues throughout where they're very much aware that this is a story being told. Um, Yeah. I liked it a lot. Hmm. More than I thought I would. That's what I started to kind of think. This is like, this is spoofing the show. This is like, you know, a a joke of the show. And then I was able to kind of enjoy the the silliness more. Because I was the same way when I originally saw it. And that's what I meant when I said this is all from his point point of view. view. Rather than just telling a story with him in it. It's like, I understand his point of view a little bit and how he would see things. So Mm -hmm. that made it a lot more fun. I also think that it just occurred to me that, like, when, when you know, especially if, if you don't watch, if you don't binge watch and you're waiting a week or a month or however long, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch Doctor Who. I'm going to get my Doctor Who fix. This is not a Doctor Who fix. <laughs> <laughs> so, but as a little, again, like, if it's just, if someone said to you, hey, they made this episode that basically spoofs the show, oh, that's kind of funny. And you sit down and you watch it, and you'd probably enjoy it for the first time a lot more. Victor is a portly man who does not like to be touched. He plays a video for the group, showing the Doctor and Rose entering the TARDIS, and Elton remembers hearing the TARDIS whoosh when he was four. Victor gives everyone a profile of the Doctor he acquired from Torchwood. 
They begin the tedious work of locating the doctor. One evening, Victor asks Bliss to stay behind. After everyone else leaves, we hear Bliss scream. Believing Bliss left to get married, the rest of the team spend weeks working to track down the doctor. There is a report of a police box sighting, and Elton tells us in the video that this is where he ran into the doctor and Rose at that warehouse. Victor is angry with Elton for not bringing the doctor back with him. He changes tactics and wants to focus on the doctor's companions, but the records of them have been mostly corrupted. Bad wolf virus. He sends them all out with pictures of Rose to try and track her down as a way to find the doctor. He asks Bridget to stay behind, and once the others are out of range, we hear her scream. So this episode has a Bad Wolf reference to season one, and I like that it's still right. there, but we're not getting it in every episode. Well, it, and it also works. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, of course. This is the episode to do it in. Yeah, this is totally, and it's also not, I mean, it is kind of a wink to the audience, but if you don't know it, you wouldn't You won't think miss of it. Um, back to what you were saying about how they like all get together and, and have fun and the doctor brings people together and but then there's I don't know if it has happened yet uh, if anyone said it in the show but that the doctor always brings death or death always follows the doctor and, and so it, it, it's following that as well and did anyone notice the song Bliss was singing when she was playing the guitar for everyone does anyone oh, catch that uh, I thought she made it up no, it's from Animal House. It's a song that was made up for Animal House. <laughs> it's, uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. It's when the guy's sitting on the stairs and John Belushi grabs his guitar and smashes it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like this episode so much. I wasn't even interested in looking it up. But I wish I'd had. It's from Animal House. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay. Well, I did, did, I did like that they bring up the, the bad, bad wolf. wolf virus whatever it is i mean that could refer to mickey's buffalo cd that uh the ninth doctor gives to mickey at the end of um world war three that says here put this in a computer and it's going to erase everything i mean does he do that at world war three or is it the end of rose no it's at the end of uh yeah world war three yeah and so that's supposed to wipe the doctor's any reference to the doctor from any computer and is that that, that's at the end of tenant's run right no Eccleston. Eccleston. And it's in the middle of Eccleston. Right. All right. You're saying. I'll let Brian finish. Okay. Well, then the other thing, too, is I think it's interesting. Elton, when he's first talking about meeting Ursula, he meets her because she has a blog, but it's it's an obscure little blog. And so it's like they threw that line in because it's like, how did that escape Mickey's oh. CD? You know? And... So and it's like, well, okay, it's pictures of Tenant, the, the 10th Doctor. So maybe she started it afterwards, but you would think that the Doctor's program virus would keep going. But, yeah, maybe but, that's But I like, she, I like how he says, it's obscure. Yeah. Well, it's because she was moaning Myrtle, and she was at Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it escaped. <laughs> and the Doctor knew that, you know, if he, he wiped her blog, she would just whine about it forever. And who can, who can tolerate that? No one can. <laughs> well, I was going to uh, ask the group if they thought that's... Because Elton's computer goes on fire at some point during the montage. Was that connected? No, I see that, that as Elton's storytelling. Just Elton's storytelling? Yeah, because yeah. if something happened to the internet, your computer monitor would not blow up. <laughs> but the bad wolf virus. Yeah, might. but it's a, it's a funny little dramatic moment. Yeah. And if you really want to rationalize it, I just say it as he's, he's embellishing the story. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You know, the internet blew up. Man. During the montage that Elton was doing about the other episodes mm-hmm. that he's all the doctor. A montage. 
I was expecting to see the doctor's hand fall from the sky in his car or something. That would have been great. <laughs> or at and least now, or the Sycorax fall down and land on his car or something like or that. Or the sword. <laughs> no, wait, right. And not to foreshadow, just have Jack running by, pick up the hand and run away. <laughs> I mean, if they would have written that into the episode, Elton would have been like carrying groceries and like, I need a hand. And the hand would have just <laughs> fell. <laughs> They're like, ah! He's basically Forrest Gump. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a mention uh, that Russell Davis actually wanted to put more. Oh, yes. More of uh, Elton's life was affected. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Eugene, you have that. I have that. Don't you? I do. In the original script, Elton was uh, supposed to witness more events. And in the, his third birthday party, he was supposed to be evacuated. And these are incidents from the Shoreditch incident, which is remembrance of the Daleks, which is the seventh doctor. His mother was killed by a plastic daffodil, which is... An no, Elton, Terror of the Autons. Terror of the Autons. Which was a plastic. The third doctor. Mm-hmm. Window mannequins, and sorry, and Elton was also supposed to witness the Loch Ness monster rising from the Thames in terror of the Zygons with the Fourth Doctor, or the Loch Ness sock puppet, because that's how well it be affected. <laughs> now that we, uh, sorry, but now that we've gone back to talk about the montage bit, a um, couple things. Uh, one thing we know about Elton is he's not uh, blood type A positive. Because he sleeps through everybody. The invasion. Invade, the Christmas invasion where everybody goes up to the roof to jump and he's still oh, asleep right, in his right. bed. <laughs> um, and also one thing I did, I just, I was watching the episode and I was pausing to take a note. And right as I paused, it was right at the moment where a female Auton is firing at somebody. Mm-hmm. But you can totally see the sleeve has the extra bump for the person's <laughs> hand holding on to the fake gun thing. <laughs> wrist of the fake handgun. And it's, you just I was just laughing <laughs> for the long time. Like, yeah, you didn't think it was going to be on screen for long. Um, and uh, what was the fellow's name, the guy who comes in? The new the, Victor? Uh, Victor, yeah. It's a total uh, exorcist homage. The way he walks in and he's backlit and he's in the long coat and the hat and he puts his briefcase <laughs> down. It's, it's right out of that first shot. Wow, Linda Blair has eczema. That's, that's right. <laughs> and the exorcist tries to get souls out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a reverse exorcist. Ooh. There are layers to this. Oh, Russell Davis is listening to this and he's like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows it. I also get a kick out of. Um, how when it, it just it cuts forward just just a little bit in time and there's like everyone has desks yes and behind <laughs> like a classroom is like basically a, like library. a library that's been there forever well and you know they say in the beginning they met this is a library they met in the basement of a library and when you when they walk out and you see those decrepit buildings there's a sign up that says you know like council library and oh, i'm okay. thinking is this really what libraries look like in Britain? Because that's sad. Mm. <laughs> well, I think well, they must have, because well, that stuff wasn't there to begin with. No, but they room, would have been so upstairs. They, upstairs, maybe they brought it down. I mean, Elton yeah. says that in the beginning that, oh, we all met in a basement of a oh, library. I didn't catch that. I just thought yeah, it and was And the sign like... on the outside says library, but it's still just like, oh my God, that's just awful. <laughs> They're not well attended. I mean, they no. were able to have rock and roll uh, practice in the basement, <laughs> the basement. <laughs> library. <laughs> Elton locates Jackie Tyler and befriends her at a, in a laundromat. Jackie t- takes a liking to Elton and uses him as a handyman and for um, companionship while he uses her to find out more about the location of Rose and the doctor. Elton feels bad about this and plans to stop, but Jackie finds a picture of Rose in his jacket and kicks him out. 
Elton goes back to Linda and tells Victor that they are through working for him. He assumes that Bliss and Bridget left because Victor is working them too hard and that the group is no fun anymore. He tells Ursula and Mr. Skinner to join him in the walkout and asks Ursula on a date. All that stuff with Jackie, I think, is hysterical. It's brilliant. It's yeah, mm-hmm. like when he's like all the, going through the steps of how to con someone, and she's doing everything <laughs> for him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then the innuendo she throws in when they're in his her apartment later on, when she's heavily coming on to him. And then yeah. when Elton is all for it, and he comes jumping back into the room, and she's a completely different person. Yeah, because she's in a different mood now. I mean, the actress Camilla. Yeah, Camille. I can't think of what her last name is, but is amazing in this episode and really for me i would watch this episode for jackie mm-hmm. you know and i know you love the jackie elton scene where she finds out what's going on yeah and when he goes oh no it's not like that i'm not pervy after your daughter and he's, i know you're after the doctor and rose to find out about it it's not a sexual thing and she knows that and she's no, like she's being just used. being used yeah and her line is so sad it's never me and yet she then follows it up with and I will protect both mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of them yeah. forever. I mean, this is not the Jackie. In season one. Right. This is a Jackie that has moved on and accepts it. She may not like it, but she accepts it. And I also love how earlier in the in the episode, she's describing what Rose is doing. And it sounds so ordinary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's just traveling with her mates. With mate, yeah. And I remember thinking... Wait, no, mate. She's traveling with the doctor, just a friend. And then I went, oh, Mickey. And then From she, Jackie's yeah. point of view, oh, Rose is traveling right now with the doctor and Mickey. So the friends are traveling. She doesn't know about Mickey yet. When she makes no. that reference. No, she does. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. Because they came back. And in when? The end of the Rise of the Cybermen. World. And Rose comes back and oh, hugs her. Oh, that's right. They do go like, back. Okay, what's going on? Okay. You got to tell me. Okay. She was just covering. She's, she's yeah, absolutely. Friends. That's what most parents would go through. You don't call as much as you should or want to. And there is that, I have to let them go. They have to be adults now. So you can and, see that. And what the actress goes through in just that short little period of time from the laundromat and the jokes and you know him telling everything and she's actually doing it to... The wine on his shirt. Oh, there's a little bit of wine. Like the second time wine. she does it. No, it's all ruined. <laughs> the humor, and then with the phone call, her seriousness. She does such a great job in this. I mean, for the, all of the hyper-reality and wink-wink to the audience of this episode, that Jackie performance grounds it. Yeah. It's very real. When, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, all the drama in this episode, all the actors in it, like when, when it clicks into drama, even though it goes back and forth very quickly, the comedy's always cut with drama and the drama's always cut with comedy. But Jackie's also grieving in this time because she says, oh, I used to have someone to help me, mm-hmm. but he's not with us anymore. Yeah. And that's a Mickey reference. And it's yeah. like she's like grieving. She's treating this like a death. And she's leaning on, like most people would do, something sexual to try to fix that, fix that hole in her life. Mm-hmm. And then she realized, yeah, that's not what I need. I need my daughter. Although, <laughs> although it's it's tried and true for Jackie. She's she's, she's done that several times. Several, several times. times. Yeah, Rodrigo, the sailor. Yeah. <laughs> Even when the Howard, doc- didn't Howard have the uh, the robe? Yeah. <laughs> but, and when but, the doctor first showed up. Yeah. Oh, I have a man in my bedroom. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) 
But then it, it, it's punctuated by, she says, what about us left behind? And it's just like, wow, that's yeah. a great line. Yeah. And that's something that I'm sure Russell really enjoyed writing that because that was not something ever in the classic show. Mm-hmm. You never found out no. really about what yeah. happened to the people left After, behind, family yeah. or anything like that. You know, Sarah Jane had an aunt from the very beginning. Never affected her. You know, they just never, it wasn't part of the show. It's not like they were intentionally ignoring it. It just wasn't something that they would focus on. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the great thing about the series is that it, the way they made it helps you relate to this craziness or silliness. Or And that was one of, in uh, Russell Davis's <clears throat> book about writing this show, he said one reason that he wanted to make his version of Doctor Who is it would always be related to Earth. Earth had to be a big component of the story because you know he would say you know yo you'd go out into the universe and these billions of people are threatened well you don't care but if you threaten the billions of people on earth suddenly you care i like one part that is subtle but elton discovers because of jackie's missing rose what's important and that he really right. likes ursula he's right. like what am i doing i'm following you know victor's idea it's like no that's not what's important i found somebody i really care about and i really like so I like that little bit that, that finally the light bulb went off for him. I just thought it was pizza makes you love people. <laughs> Not British pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know how I was saying earlier the Scooby-Doo thing? I didn't think they earned it. This moment when he's like, you know, oh, wow, Victor gave us this quest where all we had was a photograph and we had to do the millions and millions of people in london and immediately cut to oh that's rose tyler (laughs) she lives right down the street and she's this and she's that and she's got a daughter and blah 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 blah. that to me yeah by this point in the episode it was like okay you earned that one it's quick it works for the script. It works for humor. It works for everything. That actress is just so funny. Yeah, where yeah. it's just like, oh, she's right down the street. <laughs> you guys recognize that actress? No, who? It's Bella Emberg, and she. Oh, Bella Emberg. Oh, of the she, London Embergs. <laughs> she appeared on the Time Warrior. She was one of the um, housemaids serving wenches. Serving wenches that we said from the Third Doctor adventure we did. The classic. The classic. Oh, okay. Show. And that is. Oh, really? Yeah. So she no was serving lunch in Time Warrior. Oh, that's warrior. nice. Yeah, and so now she got this. Oh, that's funny. So I think that's cool that we have another... You should have posted that. ...actor, actress that has crossed over from the classic into the new version. And since you guys have seen this classic episode, I thought it was worth bringing it up. Yeah. Uh, not, not to cut what you were saying with my bad joke before, but no, I, I like that too, how, how he came right off of that emotional bit and realized with Ursula. And then they had that montage of her... Uh, of Ursula while he was thinking about it. Yes. Right. Yeah, no, this is a person that I really do care for. Uh, uh, when I was watching it earlier, I was thinking, like, I wonder if they would like, make, when they shot it, they were like, make sure to get extra footage of her because we're going to have to use this later. Or like, hey, let's have a montage of her. Do we have enough footage of her to, so we can use it later? <laughs> um, just all this talk of uh, Jackie's development and, um, you know, connecting to all the other stories is just another plus for this episode why I think... It is better than than we are remembering on first watch, just because, you know, this could have very easily been a clip show where Elton goes through the whole episode just intersecting with different doctors Mm -hmm. along the way. But instead of that, they made it into a vehicle to give us like some really in-depth look at Jackie's character that, you know, we haven't had before. We get to see her relationship with Rose 
um, even without Rose, really fleshed out the loss of Mickey. I mean, you mm-hmm. really feel those things through this episode that could have very easily have been, you know, cheap gags with Elton, like the hand falling. Yeah, that right. could have been the whole episode, and I think it would have worked. But but they decided to take it farther and really give us, you know, background on Jackie and also commentary on the show itself with all of those little wink wink nudge nudges about like how the show works like oh yeah this is going to be really difficult and searching for a needle in a haystack millions of people (laughs) oh no it's right there oh this is going to be really difficult like uh convincing jackie to let this guy into her life oh no it's not it's he she did the work he didn't right so it's that um i enjoy it and i i think i'm gonna have a good rating for it but um (laughs) yeah it's stuff like that that they went above and beyond what they had to do for this Dr. Light cheap mm-hmm. episode. I, I will, though, agree with you, Brian, that the Scooby-Doo business in the beginning doesn't need to be there. It's not clever in any way. It's just <laughs> silly. Uh, but it didn't kill it for me. I think it's because you don't know you don't really know from yet. Elton's yeah. point of view and how he would see things. Right. And like you said, and the, like the show it hasn't did, earned it. The episode yeah. hasn't earned it. Like you don't really know what you're doing with it yet. Like, if that happened, if that was part of the climax of the show, you'd get it. You'd be able to accept it a little more. (laughs) I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just imagining that in my reaction. If that had happened at the end, it would have been like, of course. (laughs) But that's just me. So, Russell T. Davis wrote this episode, and he was inspired by two episodes here in the U.S. Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, that's our first reference. The episode Lower Decks. I'm sure Arlene knows it well. (laughs) It was where that one guy with the pointy ears was on. Pretty close. (laughs) In that no way at all. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Lower Decks from Star Trek Next Generation, and the Zeppo from Buffy and the Vampire Slayer. The the fourth Mark's brother? (laughs) No. Well, yes, that is... Is the reference to it's it? The reference, yeah. What those two, episodes he's talking did, about now two separate episodes of. Okay. What those episodes did is take Ancillary the main characters. story characters out of it and show it from uh, someone else's point of view. What's oh, going so on? So they had Xander, who was the Zeppelin on the Buffy the, episode. You know, oh, 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 yeah. Mark's brother that doesn't. Yeah, one of the main ones. You know, it's like no one really thinks about him. So it's from his point of view of what's going on, and every once in a while it would connect with the main storyline that would usually be happening and all that's over melodramatic and there's Buffy and Angel oh how are we going to do this and they're fighting this monster coming out of the hell mouth and everyone's fighting and he's off doing his own thing dealing with his problems and we're never told about that other story the the apocalypse is going on with the main characters we're never told about that story we just see it in the background or You know, Xander walks by an, an open door and you see them in the back. Because he we're we're following his story. Mm. And then lower decks is It's like the other officers and on yeah. the crew. Lower 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 level officers, junior the officers? night shifts yeah. people and how there's an adventure going on and and so it's told from their point of view. And Russell was definitely uh, inspired by directly. This. So he had started writing this before Blue the Peter. episode came around, before Blue Peter had the winner of the, the monster know, design. Very good. <laughs> or a team. <laughs> so he had this idea that he wanted to do it. And then when the op- option came along with the Blue Peter and getting the different alien, he was able to combine it into this. Yeah, we'll talk more about the Blue Peter thing like, later. Blue Peter? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about we'll that talk later. About it. 
Victor tells Mr. Skinner uh, to stay behind and he will help him try and contact Bridget. Ursula forgets her phone, so she and Elton return to find Victor hiding behind a newspaper. He has turned into a green monster and has absorbed Mr. Skinner. Mr. Skinner's face is protruding from the side of the absorbaloff, as Elton names it, and is begging for help. Bridget's face is protruding from his back, and Bliss, well, she's the butt of the joke. Ursula grabs his cane. Ursula grabs his cane and threatens to beat him unless he releases the other. Victor grabs her and absorbs her as well. Her face appears on his chest, and she says she can read its thoughts. She warns Elton that he is next and to run. Including her glasses. (laughs) That was so funny. Because they're organic. (laughs) At this point, it was like, okay, really? You're going to go that far? Uh, This scene has the first reference to Saxon. I don't know if you guys remember that. It's on the newspaper and it says Saxon is leading in 60% in the polls. And we'll see that later. Oh, right. Yeah, that uh, might become important later. I think for a uh, London investigation and detective agency, <laughs> they're, they're pretty thick. I mean, they've been losing people left and right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, nobody realizes you don't stay after to talk <laughs> yeah. to Victor. Well, yeah. I mean, this is also Elton who believed uh, Jackie when they were talking about her apartment just must be cursed. Yeah. <laughs> How can all these things be breaking down that he can fix? And yeah, he's, he's, that's a clever one right there, yeah. you know. Um, and he's been wanting to use Linda for years. <laughs> Elton runs and Victor chases him into a dead end alley. As Victor approaches to add Elton to his body, the TARDIS materializes. The Doctor and Rose emerge and promptly ignore the Absorbaloff. Instead, Rose is pissed at Elton for upsetting Jackie. Elton points out the creature, and Rose says that it looks a little bit like a Slitheen. Victor tells them that he is not from Raxacorical Falbatorius, but from its twin planet of... Clum. <laughs> he threatens to absorb Elton unless the Doctor surrenders himself. The Doctor tells Victor that he won't stop from absorbing Elton, but the others might. Hearing this, Ursula tells the others that they can stop Victor if they pull at the same time and try to get out. They pull and Victor drops his cane. Ursula tells Elton to break it, and when he does, the end opens, releasing the limitation field which maintains Victor's absorbing abilities. The Absorbaloff is pulled apart and becomes a puddle that gets absorbed by the earth. Ursula's face is in a square stone slab on the ground, and she says her last goodbye to Elton. The end. Well, almost. The doctor is not done. I don't know. The monster running is sped up. That's pretty bad. Film. Yeah. It's, just, it's not good. It's like... <laughs> I actually wrote a swear word down in my notes, but I won't say it. <laughs> no, he's pretending to be slow, and this is showing that they're fast. Just like no, I, the Sathene were... It's the execution I, 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 of that. The execution is Benny Hill. Yes. Uh, and that I do not like or appreciate in any it's way. It's weird. And then I also think the, you know, oh, the cane, break the cane, you break the cane. Well, isn't that convenient? I don't know. Just mm. I like the episode until this moment. Yeah, I actually liked the whole episode, and I think this moment destroys it all. The cane or the when? cane, the, the, the monster, monster, the monster, the yeah. way it runs, the way it is, the way it, it appears. No, and then when they Pull when apart. he falls apart, a whole bunch of people just died. Yes, and 
instead of having that, it's kind of like the doctor didn't care enough to help this guy in his storyline, but the doctor cares enough to help other people in their storyline. So it makes me think that the doctor seems so in like not sensitive at all, doesn't care about people, only the key people he decides to care about. And I don't think that's the doctor. It is strange how they walk out of the TARDIS and they don't address what's going on at all. It's very weird. The tone of the episode is all over the place. And I just, because to me, what gets me is, all right, you're making a silly episode, but Ursula gets absorbed. Mm-hmm. It, it just, I mean, by that point, I just don't like it. And then, I mean, I do like the scene where they come out of the TARDIS and they don't care about the monster. monster. They, you know, you you upset my mom. And it's like, okay, I mean, that... But usually when that would happen, there was a plan that we didn't know about that the doctor just had in his hip pocket. Right. He did it this yeah. time. Yeah, which like, is it just odd. felt a letdown. It I, was like there was no relief at the end of the episode. It was just I like... Agree. It just fell apart. It seems like they like, had the like idea... Like the off. <laughs> it seems like they had the idea for the end bit with Elton and, and Ursula that we'll talk about in a minute, and they just wrote it behind that. Right. Yeah, which is odd. There's no other way to put it. Because they should have been able to pull themselves out if they all pulled together. Or, 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 or Arlene's gone. right. Like, the doctor sh- should have done so. Like, they, she should have saved the day in, mm-hmm. in some way. And, and yeah, he I mean... did, but... Like, in almost every single episode of Doctor Who, people die. Mm-hmm. But Not in like the this. tone of yeah. this episode that you were going for, why would you... It really, like, it really rubbed me the wrong like way. Like the tree lady died in you know the first season because she sacrificed herself and other people died because it's like a story point. But this was just, oops, I didn't... Oh, I, I should have acted quicker. It was just so sad for me because mm-hmm. it was a group of lonely people that finally found each other. Who had a podcast. And then they all died. <laughs> well, well, they actually found the doctor, too, in their moment. Yeah. But then they don't get that satisfaction. None of it. It's just like there is no... It should. It didn't have any good relief of the storyline. It was more like, I'm sad and depressed at the end of this. It's very odd how they focus on ordinary people in the series. And yet these ordinary people don't matter in this episode. Yeah. It's very Again, and the tone, just like, there's like really depressing things peppered throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we already talked about the Jackie thing, but that at least makes sense because mm-hmm. that's a reoccurring character that we've gotten invested yes, in. Yes, absolutely. So, okay, you could have a silly episode and then have Jackie be the grounding aspect. That would have worked. Bridget's but like, daughter. Bridget talking about, well, I come to London because my daughter's missing because she's a drug addict. Yeah. Again, <laughs> write an episode that makes that work work better you know that's okay you want to say that these are three-dimensional real people with real lives don't put them in a scooby-doo episode that is, mm-hmm. it, it has always bugged me I always agree. bugged me. i agree with you and you didn't remember watching that episode what happened at the end when you got there no i didn't remember i really blocked, out. blocked out this entire episode <laughs> i don't remember any of it it was like if i was watching it the first time i'm gonna jump ahead and quote this episode we forget because we must <laughs> <laughs> to mention go back to something Josh said earlier where he said um, this is not an episode I think about when I think of Doctor Who which is interesting because this is an episode that I do think about and I think it's because of the way it ends and the way it made me feel to lose all those people and the way this episode ends I think I cried the first time watching it and I cried again because I feel Elton's loss because 
he gets so much and then it's taken away from him. Um, yeah, this is an episode that I don't remember exactly everything that happens, but I do remember how it made me feel. And it is an episode that I think of when I think of Doctor Who. But I do know that I like the way it made me feel and the, you know, the mm-hmm. emotions that brought up. I like that you bring up the Rose thing because that's in character with what Rose does. She, But it's weird that she turns on a dime. She's really mad at Elton for upsetting her mom, mm-hmm. which is rightfully so. And then she goes to comforting him after he see, she sees him witnessing what happened to his mm-hmm. friends. But then I'm not upset that that happens because it's in character with her. Mm-hmm. It's weird that that, for me, I'm okay with it. I wish it had been shot better. Yeah. And I don't mean acting. No, covered. Coverage. Yeah. I wish there was a little bit more. I wish there was a, a, a reaction shot of Rose standing next to the doctor and having her react to Elton. To Elton. Reacting, yeah. Before she just walks over. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very much in character for Rose to mm-hmm. do this. And to me, it's one of the highlights of the thing. Mm-hmm. I am so mad at you. I am so mad at you. Oh, my God, there's bigger things yeah. going on here. But again, That's great. But again, I agree with you that it wasn't covered well, so that we just it need a little coverage. quick. The doctor tells Elton that he was chasing a living shadow the night he was in Elton's house when he was four. The doctor was a- unable to stop the shadow before it killed Elton's mother. So, Elton says that is the end of his story. The doctor might be wonderful, but he is also dangerous. Elton wonders how long it will be before Rose and Jackie pay the price. Ursula tells him that he is being depressing. The doctor was able to do one last thing for Elton. He was able to reconstruct part of Ursula in the stone slab. Fetch a spade. (laughs) And they lived happily ever after. Hooray. That part with her face there. Oh, yeah. Made me so angry. Oh, preach, sister. It was terrible. And it's horrible (laughs) psychology. (laughs) Because by giving him, like, the face... He's never going to be able to move on, and he's forever going to be living this in his life over and over again because he'll never be able to have a real life. He's just going to have a face. And he even mentioned that they have a sexual relationship. Which is so weird. No, just no. Did they say sexual or romance? They said love life. Love life. 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 We don't need to talk about that. We even managed to have a bit of a love life, I think he said. Like, wow. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but I'm, oh, Arlene, I can hug you. I just... It just goes off a cliff. It does. It was such a good episode until the last. Well, I really like the people. Like, Mm -hmm. I fell in love with the people that were there. And when they're singing together, they were having so much fun. And so I like the characters. And then it's just off the deep end. You know what it might be about this episode for me? I mean, it's that the acting is so good. I mean, the guy who plays Elton, Jackie... You know, they're really, really Ursula. good. Ursula's moaning Myrtle. Even Victor. Um, She's good. You know, I, I like I like, her. I like Ursula. I, I mean, I like I love it when she was yelling at Victor. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll come after you if you do anything to Elton. That was good. Um, it's really, really good. So it's like either be silly or be serious. Hmm. You're not balancing it well. And normally Doctor Who can balance. And this one is totally out of balance for me. I, and, it's, and again, you get to the end and it just keeps going. It's like... She's a slab. Oh, my is that a, God. Is that a derogatory British term for a woman or something? <laughs> no, that's a chav. Oh. <laughs> yeah, or slag. No, slag is a, is a really bad word for... That's really interesting that you guys have a reaction that is um, 
oh my gosh, this is over the top. This is too much. And for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so sad. You know, like where you want to reject the storyline. I want to let it sit with me a little bit longer and be like, this is so bittersweet. They're together, but are they really? Are they really together? And that's that's the type of thing that this episode brings out and stays with me but i love i love episodes like that i love the the depressing the sad the the unrequited the you know oh you know isn't this just you know a very very serious somber Mm -hmm. episode i like those i love those i probably love those even more so than fun ones this one's trying to be both this (laughs) one's giving you scooby-doo faces and slabs I mean, you know, regardless of the emotional content mm-hmm. that you're you're picking out, it's still there's a lot going on in this episode and none of it works together. And it makes me angry. And that's for me a lot of the times I can accept a lot. Mm-hmm. But what really makes me not like an episode is if it makes me angry. Mm-hmm. And, and this wonder, makes me angry. I wonder if I had watched this I think I'm liking this episode more because maybe I it's been a while since I've seen a Doctor Who episode so I want to I want to like it and so I'm just like finding moments to hold on to mm-hmm. and enjoy mm-hmm. and 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 what like. is in there is good, you know. And I just you know, I kind of like the fact that we're disagreeing because it's like okay, good. It's you maybe it's just me and that's fine or maybe it's just me no, and Arlene. That's fine. But you know like Eugene and and Frank you know, in this in the, this prior week, we're like, well, watch it. You may like it more. Like you, wa- Frank watched it, and you liked it more. And you and Eugene, you watched it, and you liked it more. And then I was like, well, have you watched it yet? And I remember, you know, I was I was Putting watching it. Off. it. I was I was watching it, and I was texting Eugene, going, 13 minutes in, nope. You know, and then I got <laughs> to the end, and I'm like, well, there's that. You know, it it, it didn't get any better for me, although. Now I can appreciate the Jackie stuff more. Yeah. I do think the main issue with this is the doctor's response mm-hmm. or lack of any kind of response. His or coldness. Action. Yeah. Anything. Because yeah. Elton's response and Rose are, and Rose are consistent. Great. Yeah. And the doctor, even though he can't fix it, they needed more doctor at the end if they're going to make it this serious. Yes, tone. I, agree. I agree with you. They, they gave that moment when he was talking about the shadow. The, the living shadow. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Yeah. But that had nothing to do with what was going on. I with agree. This. But I think it's like, I liked the alien. I liked. Yeah. It was Klom, which I always thought was with a K, not a, not C. a C. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, but it's with a C. But close caption. Not all mm-hmm. of the species can do what this Zorgolov can do. And he said, "Oh, I like that name because that's yes, something I different. Like that. He's got that crystal that has changed him enough." So he absorbs. I don't think mm. the, that Klom can do this. Other oh, Klomorians okay. can do that. Because that seemed like it should be more known in the Klomies. universe if that right. was mm-hmm. you know, so part of the species. Klomorites. And that's, that's why he fell apart at the end. I thought the suit overall looked really good. Oh, I thought cool. some of the faces on the suit the practical really face, did yeah. well. Even though you could tell that where the digital suit. effect ended in the yeah. practical. Uh, uh, the, but there was, were times was, when it was practical. When they weren't talking, it was practical. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I mean, really like well. going back and forth. And even though things were composite for TV and for the type of thing, it looked good. Yeah. But I think, yeah, like I said, you can mix the humor and the serious. But... They missed that scene with the doctor because he just seemed cold going, well, I won't let you, you can absorb Elton if you want to, no problem. The others may have something to say about it. I'm not going to let it happen. So he he knew something and that they would have been pulled apart and stop him. But he also must have known that they're already dead, that he can't save all of them. And it seemed 
because of the tone of the rest of the episode, they should have been able to save him. Maybe Bliss. Bless Bliss. Something. She oh, may bless. have been absorbed too far, so they couldn't save her. But then yeah. that would have been a lot better, I think, having her as the stone, because mm-hmm. now she's art. And that's yes. what she is. Ooh. Yes. Mm. There it is. They missed a lot of that. And I think that could have made a lot more people like it where Skinner and Bridget could get together and Alton and, you know, have a little more of a happy ending when you're doing with this episode. I needed Eccleston to be like sad <laughs> and like be angry for over the situation. I needed his face in that situation. I don't think um, Tenet did it justice. Mm. Like, but I in- think Tenet really was even there. For yeah. this storyline. I mean, he did about his mom and why he met Elton earlier on. But not for this. You didn't see any reaction. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. remember being filmed any real reaction all. after all this no. happened. No. Yeah. I agree with Arlene. Like, this should have been, this would have been a good moment for the ninth doctor to take in the anger and the... So he would have helped me process it. Yeah. Right. There is one scene I really wish I would have seen, and that's Jackie and Rose talking. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to come out, hey, what's up, my mom? And then have a flashback of finding out what went on. Because <laughs> I think that could have been a fun scene. He said what? <laughs> Face slab reminds me of the silliness of like the zipper heads on the Slitheine. Mm-hmm. It's So so I, I kind of think there were these staple things that they wrote for the episode, and they just wrote the rest of the episode around it. Right, like the slab, like you said yeah. before, they had that and then had a retro yeah, write it. To me, and if they had it as bliss and being art, I think it would have been a better payoff. Yeah, you should have been also, in the writer's room, Frank. <laughs> but they're also trying to manipulate us. Yeah, way oh, too oh, much. And it's oh, like, the whole episode. Oh like man, that. you get to the end and it's like, oh, you find out that his his mother died, and then you see the the kid montage, yeah, which actually includes a slow motion <laughs> walk away from the camera, and then the mom. Slow mo, yeah. you know. Oh, stay there, Elton. I'm walking further on, and I'm just like even the ELO the music. It's just so much. It's just stop it. And then she's a slab. Well, I'm already crying by that point, so I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so on the nose. But I love it. I love it. I'm crying, <laughs> and you're still tugging up my heartstrings. But that's just me. Yeah, it's like I my anger it. strings were being pulled. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so funny. Like the same thing that's making you angry is making me love this episode. <laughs> but I would love something like that if it wasn't in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's just it just there's too much silliness in this episode yeah. to combat it. And I'm sorry, there's so many Star Trek references that I could talk about, but I won't because I'll be good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, but it makes you not like the Doctor because mm-hmm. there's nothing redeemable about the Doctor in this episode. I. Do disagree with that, okay. and I and I don't have the same feeling as you do because the doctor is the catalyst. The doctor is the one who gives them the idea. The doctor is the one that says, oh, "I'll let them do it." You know, I do whatever you want. They won't like it, and he he allows them mm-hmm. to get their justice. He allows them to do it. So to me, it's very brief because it's a Doctor Light episode. But the doctor is the one that stops the creature by giving the idea to the people who stop the creature. Mm-hmm. In a long list of things that are wrong with this episode, for me. The doctor acting that way is a very low down. Well, the thing is, what I see is, if I saw this, not watching any other episode, I like Elton. I like him dancing around his room with the shirt off. You know, I'm enjoying, like, his personality. And then I realize at the end that, wow, everything negative in his life has been because of the doctor. Well, that's everyone. Right. That's everyone on the show. <laughs> Ever. And that's also the point of the episode. Yeah. I mean, that is... 
you know, he is saying, you know, the doctor is great, but dangerous, which is a running motif in the Davis well, era. That's the of thing the show. where the death follows the doctor. Yeah. And that's yeah. a foreshadowing that it's he says, I wonder how long it's going to be till Jackie yeah. and Rose have to pay the price. Yeah. And I thought that was a little unfair of Elton at the end to blame the doctor because he thinks Ursula She's is cement. a good part of his life, but he still thinks that it's a good part of his life. And if it wasn't for the doctor, the two of them probably wouldn't have met. Uh, this this episode is a lot of things like we have discussed, but one of the things that it is, it's a winner of the Blue Peters Design a Doctor Who Monster competition. The winner, William Grantham, was nine years old when he designed the Absorbaloff creature. And so I think part of that is because this episode is trying to be more than one thing. It's trying to be a contest prize. It's trying to be... Um, Russell had this, like we mentioned earlier, he had an inspiration to write episodes about like ancillary characters or characters that are not involved in the main cast. And then he's also trying to foreshadow the end of this season. So I think there was just too many things that he was juggling. And that's probably why this episode is tonally uneven and just all over the place, literally. Yeah. I also think a part of it is the whole uh, Dr. Light concept where they are filming two episodes Mm -hmm. in the span of one. Yeah. So if they have two units filming at the same time or anything like that, you're splitting up your veteran and something's got to give. And and I think, you know, between this and the the next Next episode we talk about, which is Fear Her, I think, you know, that if you look at the two of them together, you kind of see that they're really not up to par production wise as the others. Yeah, because of their limitations with the yeah. budget. Because, yeah. I think it also suffers because of all the money they pumped into the beast creature in the, previ- the previous episode. So this probably carried over more than it should have with the production limitations. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean the, the episode itself has to suffer. No, I oh, totally agree. But it did totally in this case. I think in this case it did. No, you can write fantastic cheap yeah. episodes. I like Boomtown a lot. So you can make a great cheap episode i just don't think this is one of them and i mean the absorbable off the practical makeup's really good i think with a dr light episode like in other ones that are coming up the doctor's not involved in the main story so he comes in because he's doing something else this i think where they went wrong is that he got involved in the main story yeah. at the end and i think it could have he should have been after they pulled themselves yeah, apart maybe. and destroyed mm-hmm. it and then come across him you you know made my mom upset What's this puddle? And then he yeah. could try and solve yeah. it. And then and you, you, you think that it's over, well. and then he yeah. comes in and saves one of them. That's what I'm saying. This episode needed Frank <laughs> in the writer's room. <laughs> it was. But it's, well, I think trying to put him into the main story when it's a Dr. Light episode hurts it. I don't say this often, but brilliant! Yeah. Oh, you don't say that often? I'm just teasing. So, I'm we, we teasing. Can, if you braid your hair, he might find that yeah. <laughs> I don't, no, I, don't I, think, I, I honestly, no, you know what? Good. It's like in my head now. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. that's how the episode <laughs> mm-hmm. went. Yeah, and I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna edit it and I'm just gonna flip the the and scenes even, around because that makes so much of a difference. Yeah. So who is this episode good for, or this episode is good for who? We have a new Who viewer, a casual viewer, a fan of the show, and a diehard loving monsters. So I'll go first, and. I don't even think it belongs in Die Hard. 
now that I fifth category. yeah fifth category <laughs> now that I really think about it because I don't remember it it might have been that Eugene said Arlene do not watch this episode just skip it and it's probably what happened because I do not remember it at all like not even the vaguest of the storyline so this more than likely is the first time I've seen it we so. must forget because we must <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's not even a diehard I would mostly say diehard fan, but I'm not a diehard fan, and I liked it this time around. But that being said, everything I didn't like about it, I knew it was there already. So then I was sort of able to sit back and appreciate all the, the comedy and the writing and the editing and, and, and the, 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 the things I did like about it. So, so you're becoming a diehard fan. I guess kind of, <laughs> even though I keep asking, like, who's that guy? What's that guy? I mean, I'm sure diehard fans listen to the podcast don't like me very much. <laughs> but um, I would not say that's true. But so I would say diehard or someone who's not even a new Who viewer, but someone who doesn't give a, 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 a crap at all. And it's like, what? What is that? And you just show it to him because why not? <laughs> You yeah, got electricity. What is this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what is, isn't that Doctor Who show stuff with that silly, th- silly stuff going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that is. And maybe then they'll just enjoy the comedy because they won't have any expectations. I'll put you in Die Hard. I actually yeah, think the only reason, the only reason, yeah, whatever. So people who like Benny Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I still enjoyed it the second time around. I can't recall the my first viewing what I thought of it. Um, I think there's enough redeeming parts of it, especially with Jackie's character. Like, um, I don't believe we get as into Jackie's conflict with Rose being gone as we do in this episode with other episodes. So I'm going to put it in number three. I think they sh- a viewer of this episode should already be a fan of Doctor Who and uh, have some knowledge would be helpful. Uh, it is. It would be hard for a first-time viewer, in my opinion, to watch it and, and understand everything that's going on. But I think it has a lot of redeeming qualities. It's no, by no means perfect, but I think the redeeming qualities outweigh some of the, the silliness that happens. Um, I agree that this this episode is uneven, especially after hearing Brian and Arlene and everyone else's uh, critiques of it, even though my memory of it is better. I'm sorry. But it's, well, it's interesting though, because I don't remember this episode when I look at the thumbnail. I'm like, ugh, this episode. And then I'm watching it. I'm like, oh no, this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm like, this episode gets lost, I think, in fans' memories because it's uneven, because the, the silliness and the gravitas is not blending well it's like it's two episodes um but in your memory i think this episode is is worth a second look if you're a fan of the show and i'm gonna also gonna agree with alburn and put it in the number three this is an episode for a fan of doctor who we felt it was two different episodes because it was it was Mm -hmm. the zeppo type and then adding on to this alien I think it's good to show people who don't understand us and why we are a Doctor Who fan. Because <laughs> we get together and we talk and we're obsessed about the Doctor. And we have band practice. So they can understand us better. <laughs> yes. I did not like it the first time. But watching it again, I see a lot more of the good scenes with Jackie, Elton. So I'm moving it up to, I think, category three. That you have to be a fan 
already. You know it. It's not good to introduce somebody to it. But I think it's more than just only the diehard, which surprised me. I'm changing from that to <laughs> the Category 3. Uh, for me, it's totally a diehard episode, and it'll be a diehard episode to the day I die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, on rewatching it, you know, the acting's really good, and the Jackie parts are good. And just listening to you guys talk about it right now, in my mind going forward, I am going to split this up because I think this is a terrible episode of Doctor Who. But it has a really great part to play in the season-wide story arc. That's how I'm going to look at it. Mm. The Jackie bits tell us about Jackie's character, Rose's character, and the Doctor. So... This is a piece of a season-wide puzzle that works. The episode itself is terrible. So diehard. It's funny. All of the episodes so far, since we've been doing this podcast, that I remember not liking very much, I end up liking them when I watch them the second time. Or third or fourth or whatever. It ends up being just for this. The more I watch something, the more, the more I like these episodes. And for me, this is the first time I, I did not. Mm-hmm. I still have the same opinion at the end as I did in the beginning. You watch this episode for the first time and I didn't really care for it. And then you watch it again with the goggles of doing a podcast and you have to, you're viewing it from a different angle. And I think it helps that uh, expectations are managed from your initial reaction to this episode. And I found that I surprised myself by actually sort of enjoying this episode this time around for viewing. And I understand why this episode is so uneven because of the production split and the the contest winning and the adding in the overall season two story arc and all of that that had to go into this episode season two's episodes in the middle are not as good where the first part of season two and the last half of season two are the better moments and i think the more memorable moments of season two and it's just weird that the middle suffers so much but again focusing on the good parts of this episode i was Surprise, just like what we did when we watched the two Sladine episodes in season one. There's a lot of good drama and character moments in Love and Monsters, but the uneven tone and I can understand why this is one of the most hated episodes of Doctor Who, but I also understand why it suffered. Um, And this is also a rare case of this episode referencing something from season one, something from season two, and something from season three. And I'll just say, I'll just put that out for, yeah, I'll put that out there. I'm not going to spoil it, but no spoilers, but we get, well, come on, spoil it a little bit. (laughs) Well, well, season, season one is the bad wolf reference. Season two is Torchwood. Season three is Saxon. Yeah. Season three is the headline of the newspaper. And four. And four is, um, the planet that. Clum. Clum. So just keep those in the back of your mind. Mm, yeah. And so I think that that we is will, very We will reference all of those. Yes, we will. <laughs> we will reference all of those for a long time to come. So I think that, that's... So it is a significant episode in that. Yeah, it's like this episode is so reviled, but yet it has all four seasons in one... Like a thing in each season in this episode. It's just very bizarre. I'm also a fan of ELO, so that helps me with this episode. It really does, because it starts off with Mr. Blue Sky, and then it ends with Mr. Blue Sky in the, the, I guess it's the coda of Mm -hmm. it. And I know you don't, and I know you don't like it. No, but I know you don't like that slow-mo shot of the mom walking off in the distance, but like Kelsey, I got a little emotional in it, you know, it, 
it kind of tied the thing together for me. So, so they picked the right song. Yeah, they did pick yes. the right song. Okay, good. And, you know, they love ELO. This is so weird that... Well, this, everyone should love ELO. No, but this episode, <laughs> yeah. it's just there's all these songs from ELO. And, I, you know, I wanted to be the contrarian in this episode. And I was thinking, can I justify putting it in a new category? But I couldn't. And I think I'm just going to have to go for the diehard on this one. Me being on a podcast, looking at a different lens than just the viewer. And I think that's why I have to really think about where I want to put this for our listeners. I really don't see how this episode would make anybody convert to watching Doctor Who. That's yeah. how I think That's yeah. true. What's the tally? The tally is uh, three for three with Arlene creating a new category. <laughs> <laughs> don't watch it at all. As I, was, as I was watching the movie or the show, I was thinking, don't let me down. As they were seeing it, Gross. and I was it's let long. down. It's <laughs> so it's uncharacteristic of me to spend this much time categorizing it because I was just really torn. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm usually like, boom, category. <laughs> yeah. So you haven't picked a category yet? No, I didn't. Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you can also find... Uh, a special featurette on Blue Peter, the program that uh, had the contest for the monster on the the Doctor Who, the movie special edition DVD set. It's on the second disc, and it'll explain the relationship that Blue Peter has had and has with Doctor Who and how the 2005 revival, they wanted to continue that relationship. And, it's and really- for our American listeners, Blue Peter is a children's show in the UK. That's been on since before Doctor Who even started. Yes. And uh, the, the ending quote with Elton Pope, I just really like it. like to read it. But the truth is the world is so much stranger than that. It's so much darker and so much madder and so much better. Again, it ends on something great, but we have a lot of stuff to go through to get there. <laughs> so there is our thoughts on Love and Monsters. Let us know what you think. Is the doctor uncharacteristic in his behavior at the end, or are you okay with it? Let us know. Email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time when the future becomes the present. Thank you for listening to this episode of Who Knew. Our wonderful theme music is by Michael Grady. You can find his work at theuniverseexplodes.com. You can find this show in several places. Follow us on Twitter at Who Knew Podcast. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Who Knew Podcast. All of our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. You can leave comments there or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who. The longest running sci-fi show in history. And especially the revival spearheaded by Russell T. Davis. Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman, Verity Lambert, Ron Grainer, and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord. Your work continues to inspire and entertain. Uh, Actually, start that over again, because we're going to cut my thing and they were laughing. So Aww. give a clean cut Just for Blue talking. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Is that we're gonna start the episode? Crunch, crunch, crunch. It's the new TARDIS sound. <laughs> <laughs>